0: Today, we are going to talk about the subject of bereavement, a very important subject that affects the majority of us sometime in our life. And today, we have Julia, Rosina, and Marie to talk to us about this and for us to discuss it amongst ourselves. And so, Rosina, let's start with you. The word bereavement, what does that mean to you?
1: I would like to share my experience of bereavement in particular relationship to suicide because my younger sister when she was 19 took her own life. Now at the time, I was about 30, I remember when my mother phoned me, it was half past eight in the morning, she told me that my sister had died and I remember thinking, please tell me that it's an accident and not suicide. Now, I don't know why that went through my head. It was it was it very went through very quickly. But of course, it was that she had taken her own life. Now, I was in a state of shock, as you can imagine. And it was half past eight in the morning, like I said, and I was on my way to work. So I just continued doing what I was going to do because I couldn't think of What else to do? And it wasn't until I got to work when I told somebody at work that they said to me, Well, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be at work. But I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't organize myself in any way at all. And 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 I needed help to, to do that initially. Now finally, obviously, I went home and not only was I having to deal with my own grief, but also that of the rest of my family. But also the other thing that made a huge impression on me was the next day we went to see in the mortuary Chapel. Now, I'd never seen a dead person before. And here was my younger sister, 19, lying on this cold slab. And I remember thinking at the time, my life is not going to be the same. It's just not going to be the same after this. It couldn't be the same after it. And I also felt at the time that I I was not only facing the mortality of my sister, but in some strange sense, I was also facing my own mortality. And with that came a lot of questions. I remember picking my sister up at two days old. And, you know, all of a sudden, she's not there. All there was was a, a shell. Now, I kept asking myself the question, why? Why? And I didn't seem to be able to find any answers. And one of the uh, people I spoke to was a, a priest. Now, please, can I say that if anybody's listening to this and they are Christian and their their um, faith gives them comfort at, at times like this, then please, you know, keep, hold on to it. Um, Because I'm not going to say, I'm not saying this because I'm I'm criticising anybody's faith. But the priest did not give me the answers, really, that I was looking for. In fact, it gave me more questions. And one of the biggest questions that I had really related to the fact that I thought that if there was a God, it didn't seem just to me that some people had long lives, long, happy lives. And other people didn't. And their lives, for whatever reason, was cut short. So after a little while, and after asking all of these questions, I remember I was getting into a bath. And I wasn't thinking of my sister or or anything. I was just getting into a bath. And suddenly, I'm not a clairvoyant, but it was like I was being shown this map. And on this map, all these things were kind of like happening and there were links to, there was kind of like a a grid and everything was connected to to everything. And what I was being shown was that everything has a purpose and there was a reason for everything. And what was happening in my life and the, the death of my little sister, there was meaning and a purpose to that. Although at the time I didn't understand that there, there was now this gave me a huge amount of comfort and at the same time however I have to say that I also did think oh goodness Rosina are you going completely mad you know I mean because I'd not had an experience like this before in this way and I was told about the foundation it was called the fellowship of Erasmus in those days and I decided that I would go along there and and check this out see if there were, you know if, if there was anything in it and i did and i knew from the when i asked the question they were talking at the, that time about the first Iraq war and i just asked the question whether there was a higher purpose to these these things happening um and these things that had happened and these events had happened in our lives and of course the answer was yes and i think the other Thing that was central to helping me to deal with this event that happened in my life was reincarnation and the understanding that um, this is only one life we have um, and we have many. And together with the fact that we also have a tapestry, that we take a life, we know exactly. How we're going to die. And this was also incredibly important for me to hear this, because one of the things I felt quite strongly, actually, and I think this would probably resonate with a lot of people who've also been through this, is that you feel a dreadful sense of guilt. You feel like you perhaps should have done something or could have done something. You could have done something to stop it from happening. And that really does weigh quite heavily. Um, I have to say, I I, I didn't really feel anger. My overwhelming feeling was guilt. So by understanding that we have uh, a tapestry, that we know how we are going to go home, and that suicide is just one of the ways in which we do go home, That just lifted a huge weight off my shoulders because I thought to myself, well, therefore, there was nothing that I could have done. That was her tapestry. And equally, it was in my tapestry that I should experience such a thing. I want to just finish by saying that this took me on a road Of self-discovery, which I am eternally grateful for, or whether I would have done it without um, my sister taking her life, I don't know. But it certainly did set me on that path. And now, when I look back, and that was 30 years ago, I think, if someone said to me, what was the worst thing that happened to you in your life, I would say, my sister's death. But if they said, well, what was the best thing that happened in your life? I would have to say, my sister's death. So for me, it was, I can't say, or perhaps I could say then, because then I would have said that it was a negative experience. But that negative experience really transformed my life into something very positive.
0: Thank you. So, Marie, most people in their lives find bereavement somewhere. Someone close to them dies mm. or something happens in their life. They get a sense of grief. And most of us, if not all of us, experience that, don't we? Of course, of course.
2: I mean, after all, we are in a university of life. So we do experience birth, you know, taking a life and also death. We all experience death. At some stage in our life, we experience death. Um, you know, the loss of someone that is dear to us. And I would say I've got also to involve pets. You know, we're talking the human, of course, but also when we lose a, a pet who has been very close to us, Um, giving all their loyalty, um, you know, that is quite important as well. When I was 15 years old, I was working in, I was not supposed to be working, but uh, I knew the director of the hospital and uh, he placed me, it was a holiday placement, in pediatry. And, um, you know, within a, a couple of weeks, I experienced the death of a very, very young child. And uh, it it was very strange because at first I thought that child was sleeping uh, until, I mean, we had the glass uh, windows um, on the top, you know, not not directly at the same level of the the ward, or in fact, they were individual rooms, uh, but higher. So like it going on a balcony, if you like, and the parents were upset, and this is when I realized, no, that baby is actually gone, it died. And um, I didn't feel, feel the, the emotion for the baby, I felt it for the parents. So that was my very first experience at 15. I was working at a young age when I first started nursing in intensive care unit. The patients were very, very ill. In fact, many of them near death. And um, there were four gentlemen in one section of the ward. When I came back the following morning, they all gone home. Four of them had died during the night. And that was hard because knowing those patients so well, it really came home. I didn't understand it. I took my my sorrow, in a way, within. Um, I, I couldn't uh, um, express anything to other people. They were my very first experience of hospital death. You know, I lost my parents. They were Um, elderly as well and cancer and so on so I'll I'll leave that there but when I came to the foundation it really enlightened my thought I know that uh, when we're born we have an individual tapestry that is is something that I can understand and I can go along with it I accept when there is a, a death I automatically have acceptance of it. It makes it easier in a way. When you accept, you can actually understand what has gone on and, and uh, you know figure it out a little bit more clearly. And of course, the most important is the reincarnation. Now that is something I learned at the foundation and I'm very grateful. I very often think about uh, this reincarnation. It's so helpful rather than died. I very seldom actually use that expression now. I say it's gone home. It is a joy to go home. You're going to meet your friends. You're going to meet your family. It's a joyful moment. And um, that's what I'd like to, to remind myself of. It is a joyful moment going home. I'm hoping that many uh, people are going to listen to our podcast. That should be helping a lot of people. It is, of course, it is very difficult to to accept for some, but uh, once it's explained going home um, and the joy of going home, it should give a little bit of peace to someone.
0: Thank you, Marie. Now, Julia, this is the sad side of death, isn't it? The the people left behind. That's the real issue of grief. The people that leave us and go home are very, very happy about the experience. It's a very positive experience because they've shed the mortal coil, as it were, and have, have got the freedom of living at home. And uh, I just wonder how you would like to look at the other side of the mm-hmm. coin from bereavement.
3: Yes. Well, of course, as you say, it is a time of joy at home. Um, it's welcoming someone, a spirit, back home, and you meet people that um, perhaps didn't touch you in the life, but that you know well at home. And really anyone that was meaningful in, in the life. So as you say, Paul, they are they are fine, they are back at home, they will have a little rest in a hall of healing, maybe, to go through their life, and, and they will be peaceful, they will not have the pain or any suffering they might have experienced in their life. So as you say, that they are home and dry, literally. So yes, of course, the ones left behind, I often think of, of those people when you hear different different events happening and, and think how difficult it, it might be for people. I mean, with our belief, of course, if people could believe um, that there is something more than a physical body, that there is a spirit, and as Rosina says, that there is a, a reason and a purpose for all things, and that the end of our life was all written and tapestried. So, of course, that would help immensely, I think, with people facing the loss of somebody. I mean, for all of us here with our beliefs, it's natural to have a feeling of sadness. Uh, we miss someone and sometimes it can be quite a shock but my own experience, I mean, I, I came to the fellowship when I was quite young. So anyone that I feel I've lost who have been close to, it hasn't taken me too long to, if you like, recover. Um, and I bring to my mind, you know, quite quickly the picture of whoever it is, a family member or a, a close friend, perhaps lying in one of the halls of healing. And, you know, I have the understanding and acceptance, as, as we all do here in the Foundation, that they have returned home and they have fulfilled their tapestry. And also, I know that I will see see them again. And as Marie says, the same with animals and with pets um you know that is quite difficult i always feel on the day when they are poorly and you know they're going home but as soon as they've gone i i recover you know i i feel um strong and again i imagine them at home and that is so so helpful now obviously if you don't have the belief that there is more to life than just the one life if you don't believe that um, death is not an end, then of course that is very difficult. And I'm sure it's, um, it's a very individual thing because it depends how someone has returned home at times. It depends how close you are to the person that's that's gone. It depends perhaps on the relationship you've had and perhaps uh, you know, what sort of feelings you have remaining with you from the experience and the interaction with a person, you might have some feelings of guilt, you might feel um bitter, there might be all sorts of negative feelings. Or you could, and I know that I've experienced this with somebody, you could, in a way, become quite selfish about a person going home. And really, it is difficult when you, you hear someone talking in this way because. You you feel after a while that the person is not really talking about the person that's gone, but really it's all about themselves. And, you know, that that's difficult for them. And it's something that um, perhaps in time they, they have to face up to. But again, this might be an individual situation because of the life they had with the person that's just gone. I've also been thinking about those that lose people in a very tragic way, say a child, for example. We've had a few shocking stories recently, and I imagine that must be even harder for parents and friends to get over such an event. Um, It's perhaps a great shock when someone young goes a parent doesn't expect to be burying their child. But of course, we know in the future, the world is going to be a much better place. It's going to be back into balance. And and I'm sure in the future, when people understand about spirit, that there's more than just the physical, there's something of great value that lives on, then this whole bereavement will be very, very different. I think it will be much more a celebration of someone's life and reflecting on the memories that you have of touching a person for however long in your life, perhaps thinking about what they've taught you and perhaps what you may have taught them and knowing, as I say, that you're going to see that person again. So I think that Like Marie says, it will be wonderful in the not so far future when people realize that death is not an end and there is a purpose to life and the end of life was all meant to be. And the person that has returned home is absolutely fine, peaceful, acceptance within them that that was the end of their life and one day we will see them again.
0: Very good. So we're coming to the end of our podcast. Bettina, would you like to say or add anything to what's been said so far, please?
4: I think everything has been covered very adequately by you all. It it is a very personal experience and very individual. And really, all I really wanted to say was that it is something that one experiences very personally, and it would be wrong to burden other people with your sense of bereavement i believe it is something one has to endure quietly individually privately and that is how it should be of course with the knowledge that you have here and many people will have in the future of spirit where people return home to, having that understanding, then it will be so much easier for people to accept when their loved one or their friend, whoever, has returned. Of course, it will always be while we remain on the earth, as a humanoid, we will miss our closest friends and neighbours who do return to spirit. And that of course is right, but as I say, I believe it is a very private matter, and that's how it should remain.
0: The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing foundation based in Laxfield, Suffolk, in the United Kingdom. We have a webpage, www.erasmus-foundation.org. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, or indeed have further questions for us, then please contact me on paul at erasmus-foundation.org. And we'll do our best to accommodate you. Thank you very much for listening.